Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And good Thursday morning from the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano, and I'm here with Gina Noll. How are you, Gina? I'm doing well, Deacon Mike. Good. You just got back I, from uh, someplace out west, oh, cowboy west. country. Yeah, Definitely cowboy country. I was in Wyoming. What a beautiful landscape. Very different from Iowa. Very hilly, very mountainous. Um, the people are wonderful. Mm-hmm. I was there to attend a uh, college roommate's um brother who was ordained as a deacon, he and five others, and beautiful ceremony, very humble bishop. I, I enjoyed meeting the bishop. Um, so I'm glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah they had, um, yeah, they are um, a wonderful community. Mm-hmm. Now, was he ordained a transitional deacon or a permanent deacon? A permanent deacon. A permanent deacon, deacon. Mm-hmm. okay. He and uh, five other men, um, all of them grandparents, so that okay. was fun to see all <laughs> of the families filling the church. Um, they're a wonderful witness, too. And then, um, I don't think I've ever been to a deacon um, ordination, but... The church was packed with uh, the other deacons from right. the diocese mm-hmm. and all the priests from the diocese. And mm-hmm. and um, usually all the deacons will come up and... They did uh, the, a greeting uh, yeah. and a hugging and mm-hmm. a... Yep. Some masks, some not masks. So mm-hmm. I know that we'll talk a little bit about that this show. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about the vaccination mandate, too. And we've got a doctor, Roger Klein, who's also an attorney... Um, that is the better part, obviously, well, the attorney part. the reason yeah. he's here today, I think. <laughs> well, he's here because he's a medical doctor, too, uh, and I uh, want to talk about uh, he has apparently some objections to the vaccine mandate, and we're going to talk to him about those, both the medical um, uh, side of it and the legal side of it. So it's going to be an interesting program today, I think. I, I think I so, hope, and anyway, very topical, yeah. Deacon Mike. That's I'm right. really glad you got him to come speak to that's us right. because... Um, it's really dividing the country, and you know, the more we know, the better we can communicate. So it's important for us to, to discuss this topic. Yes, and just a little heads up for our listeners: next week is our carathon, so have your checkbooks ready and save your pennies because we're going to be asking for contributions to keep the station on the air. And plug our phone number into your phone. Yes, it's five one five two two three eleven fifty. You'll be hearing that a lot next week. You can you can donate uh, through that phone line, or you can donate through the text. Use that as a text, and there's a way, a secure way, you can donate. And you could fast from today until next week, so that you a save some money for a contribution, yeah, well, and b um, offer it up now. for yeah. our benefit. <laughs> yes, the station does great things, and we're looking forward to the Carathon and your sponsorship. You know, I've said before that um, if uh, Saint Paul was alive today, he'd be on the radio. And we'd love it. Yeah, we'd tune we, right in. Mm-hmm, we would. We would. Wouldn't have to listen to or to, uh, wouldn't have to read all the uh, letters that he wrote. We'd just listen to him. Just kind of like uh, uh, Bishop Sheen. 
Exactly. You know, it'd be that. that That's 50 years ago, isn't it? Yeah. And we're still very topical. That's right. Or or Mother Angelica, for that matter. Mother Angelica, that's right. That's right. So save your pennies for next week, and uh, we'll be asking for them then. You have a a prayer to open us up with, Gina? I do. A prayer for peace this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all men and women, and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a short break right now. When we come back, we'll have uh, Dr. Roger Klein with us. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for underwriting Christ is the Answer with Father Ricardo and for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Father Ricardo is featured daily at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Confluence Brewing Company is located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, confluencebrewing.com. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq Des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And welcome back. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. And with us right now is Dr. Roger Clean. Uh, Clean. Is that right? Uh, Klein. Klein, I'm sorry. Uh, that's why I'm not a doctor. I'm only a lawyer. <laughs> the doctor is a, a faculty fellow at the Center for Law, Science, and Innovation at Arizona State University. Uh, so, doctor, uh, welcome uh, to our program this morning. I want to talk about this vaccine mandate, which I understand that uh, you have some problems with. Yes, thank you for having me. Certainly. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to start off uh, the interview here with uh, uh, kind of uh, encapsulating what the the problems are with this. First of all, I'd like to look at some of the medical problems that uh, you may be having with the the vaccine uh, mandate. Uh, And first of all, I'd like to ask you, uh, what is the uh, uh, efficiency or the the efficacy of the mandate, and why do you suppose there is no recognition in the mandate or in anything the government seems to be doing now of what natural immunity is, 
And then finally, um, a question about therapeutics. Why uh, the government seems to be down on what are kind of cheap therapeutics that can be used. So however you want to answer that, but I have a feeling they may all be uh, intertwined. Yeah, well, well, they are. I mean, I so, so I, I want to start off by saying that <clears throat> all the data that I've seen suggests that the vaccines are very effective. So, so I don't want to I don't want to um, come across as not not supporting uh, the vaccines. In fact, you know, I think if a person chooses to get vaccinated, uh, the risk of serious illness from COVID is minuscule. Uh, I I think the problem with the mandate are that, first of all, some people choose not to get vaccinated, and I believe that's their right. I also don't believe that it poses a threat or risk to other people who choose to be vaccinated. Um, And so I think fundamentally the the mandate idea is is wrong, uh, particularly using in the employment context, I think is the easiest uh, uh, to challenge, you know, OSHA, the, the, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is, the, the statute behind that is really, uh, is, is, was enacted to protect people from workplace uh, hazards, you know, uh, chemicals that you're exposed to or, <clears throat> or potential um, mechanical hazards where a worker can get injured and over which an employer has control. This is a very contagious virus, and the risks to a person in the employment context really aren't different than than in the community in most settings. And and, and there really isn't a way uh, for for anybody, quite frankly, to 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 stop this other than other than vaccination, which uh, doesn't necessarily uh, entirely prevent infection, but will will uh, does much to eliminate serious complications from infection and which then slows down the spread or does it slow down the spread uh, it probably slows down the spread i mean i think i think there's probably less um, less fewer infection probably reduces the infection rate and and therefore would would reduce the spread but i think over the long run there's probably less uh, we're probably not going to be able to entirely eliminate it, uh, whether through vaccination or otherwise. You mentioned natural immunity. I left that part off. Uh, and and I, I don't like the term because it, it, it sort of implies maybe that some people have uh, 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 more genetic fitness against it or some reason. It really is referring to people who have previous infection. And I don't know why uh, the government... Uh, or, or um, uh, some of the public health authorities are dismissing it. You have a, a recent study that came out of Israel. I, I don't know how, you know, it, these are what are called observational, so they're, they're retrospective and have, you know, subject to biases. But that, they suggested that a person who was uh, infected, had a, a person who was vaccinated, was 13 times more likely to, to get COVID than somebody who was infected. It, it's sort of common sense that if you're infected with uh, COVID-19, there's you get a broader level of immunity. There's uh, multiple proteins in this virus, and right. you would be exposed to all of them versus a vaccine that's directed toward one. I'm not saying one is 
necessarily better than the other, but certainly the infection should be broader. So if if certain mutations or variants in <clears throat> in the spike protein to which the vaccine is directed would minimize or lessen its efficacy, uh, you would think that somebody who was exposed to a broader range of, of proteins would actually have better immunity. So, so I, you know, I think they could be complementary, but we don't, you know, all the evidence does suggest that it's probably at least as good uh, to be infected. I know the Cleveland Clinic had a study on that, too. <clears throat> they did, and that's why I used to work at Cleveland Clinic. I used to you know, oversee molecular pathology there. And, in fact, the person who did that study was the person I called when I had COVID. But, but I, they, they looked at uh, their entire population, over 40,000 health healthcare workers. They had a, you know, I think it was maybe about 3,000. I have to look at the data now, but somewhere around two to 3,000 workers who had, had been, who had been infected. And they didn't, in the time period of the study, they, not a single one was reinfected. And that's in a healthcare setting where they're probably more likely to be exposed to it. So I, I think, I think that we can say with good confidence that, uh, that people um, do develop uh, the same type of immunity. You know, how long it lasts and, you know, is, is, a, is, a, um, is a bigger question. And, and I think more, even more um, important probably is how much the virus changes. Fortunately, this isn't as, as um, it doesn't mutate or change as much as, for example, influenza, uh, where, you know, each year you come up with a new vaccine and, and, and it doesn't work sometimes because they choose the wrong strains. Okay. Um, the, uh, the other thing about the uh, um, mandate for employment is that, uh, and I think this is one of the, uh, the, the points you brought up um, in another venue, is that the, uh, the, the employment setting uh, produces no special risk because the people that are more susceptible to the disease are probably not in the employment uh, centers. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I, this is, again, very contagious. There's really no reason to believe that a person is at greater risk in an, in, in an employment context than in other aspects of, of uh, her or his life. So I don't, I don't really, I don't, we, we don't have an emergency here. We're not, this is a, a use of an application of a law in the, you know, certainly OSHA, to, to go ahead and, and try to uh, affect a public health outcome, you know, in some respects based on uncertain science, uh, but, but to use this law not to protect workers for which it's designed, but actually to, 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 uh, to, to, to look at the community at large and to, to try to use it and affect, again, a public health outcome. I mean, people who are at working age population are, are, they're, they're generally younger and healthier than the people who are, who are getting most severely infected by COVID. I mean, 80% of the deaths are, have been over, you know, 65 and over, and most of those people are out of the workplace. So you're clearly not targeting workers with, with this measure. And it's, in my view, an improper use of the law. I mean, you could, you know, whether or not the government can, can mandate it for federal employees is, is maybe a tougher question, but I still think, you know, I think there are constitutional issues that arise here and, and, uh, there's no general police power, uh, from the federal government to, to, you know, p- uh, private employers do have certain rights over their own employees and what they require of them. 
But the federal government has to act in accordance with constitutional uh, strictures and also has to follow other laws. And I, you know, I think I think there are certainly grounds for challenge uh, of of these of these mandates. But in in the end, it's just bad policy. I mean, in, in the, there's a certain percentage of people who who probably won't be willing to accept this vaccine. The, there there's a, a sliver of people. Um, you know how wide it is; it's not entirely clear. Who are probably fence sitters, and I think this this attempt to use coercion and force to to try to um, make people get vaccinated only reinforces the suspicion that there that there's something untoward involved in the vaccine. And I I think what they're doing is they're they're actually undermining the 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 credibility of the vaccine. These things are very very. Um, effective. I mean, I've looked at lots and lots of data. Something just came out, the, the full publication of the Pfizer trial, for example, just came out. And these vaccines are extraordinarily effective at, at preventing severe disease. Not only that, but, you know, you look at and they, they give you 97%, that sort of thing. But when you look at the trial population, there was only one case of severe COVID. Out of, out of the thousands of 20 plus thousand people that they looked at, they they did it in what are called person years and looking at number of uh, person years, uh, so like a, a, a thousand people for eight years, you know, that kind of thing. That, that's how, and, and out of 8,000 person years. So you, you, you found one, one serious COVID in a, in a vaccinated person. Now, look, there were only 30 in the control population, but still, that's 30 times yeah. more, more likely. Let me, and, let... and these are really effective. Let me ask you um, uh, legally here. I, I realize there are a lot of uh, questions about the legal uh, basis for the president's mandate. Uh, but what are the um, the legal authorities for the state and local authorities to establish their own mandates? Can they do that? Can this uh, one state uh, uh, require this, or one community require this? Yeah, so so I can't. They can. I mean, under their police powers, they can require it. Now, they have to meet certain criteria to be able to require it, and that's why we're seeing heterogeneity or or differences in in court decisions in different regions. In my view, it doesn't meet the. It it wouldn't meet the scientific standard. Look, if you're vaccinated now, you're at lower risk from serious consequences than you are from influenza. So if you can do it for this, why wouldn't you be able to do it for flu? I don't think people would be would be tolerating that. And so I think if people choose not to get vaccinated, this is their choice. It's their you know they're they're assuming a risk, which quite honestly for most people is small. Um, but the older and, and and less healthy you are, the the you know the worse the higher that risk goes. But it's it's for most people small. They're assuming that risk, but 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 they're not really impacting. Uh, other people in society who are vaccinated and who are at, at, at a very, very low risk of serious complications. We're not going to eliminate this. Again, I don't believe, and I think there's enough enough awareness now, if it's going to go away, it's going to go away on its own because people are, enough people get infected, it sort of burns out. But it, it, we're not going to get vaccinated and eliminate the ability to spread this thing. It's not going to go away that way. It, it's not measles where you get vaccinated or exposed, you never get it again. It's more like flu, where, you know, mm-hmm. where it can come around and it changes somewhat. Mm-hmm. changes less than flu, but it changes. So there, there isn't a basis. You have to have a scientific or medical basis to have these intrusive policies. And I think that's where the, 
you know, the, and, and they usually end up using balancing tests and that sort of thing to, fig, to figure it out. But I think underpinning the, the, the right of the state to come in and intrude in a person's life in that way is, is having a rational and reasonable basis to doing, for doing it. Good. Now, before we go, uh, I, have, I want to ask you one further question, and that's about therapeutics. Uh, we seem to, to be in an era where uh, anytime somebody brings up the name of some uh, drug or something that may be cheap, inexpensive, and has been around for a while, it's shot down immediately as misinformation. Yeah, so so I think I think it's I think uh, you know we typically do have standards where we like to see uh, a group of people tested with a drug and a group of people not tested with a drug similarly situated, and we we find that that the drugs work. So drugs tend to be held to a high high you know a relatively high standard uh, in 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 society because they can often do harm. You know I I think I I think that. Um, there are some some medications out there that have have met uh, at least certain evidence levels and have been um, authorized for use. Uh, they tend to be um, underutilized in some senses. I think uh, based on data, uh, going when for example people um, who who are uh, uh, in risk categories recommended to get certain you know antibody treatments that sort of thing. And I think it's partly because they're they're um, they're cumbersome to administer, and and uh, and and I think uh, there's somewhat there's differing opinions and some confusion as to the risk. I, I think there are genuine generally risks to just willy nilly taking some taking medications because some because there's some uh, suggestion or some people are uh, are promoting them, uh, even if e- 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 some so, and, and some of them. Some of these types of drugs uh, have have significant risks, uh, and some of them actually have quite low risk. I mean, uh, but 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 no no medicine has a zero risk. Okay. So, so I, Doc, I so we're we're at we're out of time right now. So we gotta we gotta move on. But I want to thank you for joining us today. Mm-hmm. Certainly appreciate uh, your comments here because this is a rather topical issue. And want to thank you for for joining us today. God bless you. Thank you. Dr. Roger Klein, a medical doctor and an attorney. Thank you for joining us. We will be back in about two minutes after these messages. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning provided by Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Bell Construction. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and the Uncommon Good provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. This is Bo Bonner. And I'm Dr. Bud Marr from the Uncommon Good. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Hey, we're back. You're listening to Faith on Trial, Live Catholic Radio. Uh, Gina, kind of an interesting overview of uh, of the argument over the mandates. The vaccine yeah. mandates, yeah. Well, and, I, and I think you made you it know, very clear that he's not opposed to the vaccine itself. That the exactly. vaccine is, it serves a purpose right, for sure. Very good. And, and I think that's one of the things that gets all mixed up in our political debates here is that, well, if you're against the mandate, you're, you're an anti-vaxxer. And, and that's not the case. Exactly. I think one of the things the vaccine did was kind of let the balloon out of all the fear surrounding this this virus. Um, that has been incredibly helpful. It's allowed people a lot of freedoms. And um, he but the, the vac he didn't really address the subject that's so important is. Is it that important to have 100% vaccination, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, the goal of this mandate? And it was hard for him to discuss much of it since OSHA hasn't yet, you know, um, delivered the rules surrounding how we're mandating this through our Yeah, maybe you'd have some different ideas three months from now after those rules are clarified. Uh, But But in three months, it could be struck down by the courts. I have to tell you, you know, like whenever you talk about the vaccine mandate and the hesitancy, um, I think we tend to and doctors tend to talk about the efficacy of the of the vaccine, which Mm -hmm. everyone applauds. Um, I think where a lot of what we don't talk about is what does it what are the long term effects? We don't know. And I think that's where some of the hesitancy with this vaccine comes in. There is some concern now. From breastfeeding oh, yeah. women. There's all kinds of and, studies for and, yeah, heart inflammation yeah. to mm-hmm. menstrual cycles. And what's wonderful is our government is doing studies on all of these things. But we won't get those results for, for some time. Um, and we very rarely do we talk about um, there are some of us or our listeners who are waiting for a more ethically created vaccine, which right. should be out at the end of the year. And I think... That will improve some of our um, numbers of uh, less hesitancy for vaccination. So right. um, some things to – it's a I very think, interesting subject. I think mandating it is counterproductive. I think that turns people and off. I'm and I'm glad yeah. he pointed that out. Mm-hmm. I think it makes um, those who are hesitant even more suspicious about why are you forcing this upon me. Right. And then there are the questions about the exceptions. I, I got something here, and we won't have time to go over it right now, but the uh, Massachusetts University – uh, in Boston has ruled that no Catholic student can get a religious exception right. for it. Uh, and uh, it's it's, a, obviously it's a misreading of Catholic teaching. It's a misreading of the law, too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So just because our bishops encourage us to, to take the vaccine, uh, which I'm glad they do, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean we're 
not getting any religious right. exemptions for Time our own is up. Beliefs. We're going to have to end here with our prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. For Gene and myself, thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial. And until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.